Hey there, and welcome to the Ad Skills Podcast. On our podcast, we only interview paid traffic professionals who produce consistent, scalable, and repeatable results for multiple clients across multiple verticals. In today's episode, I'm really excited to introduce you to Leanna Ling. Leanna is a former attorney turned paid traffic professional who's helped people in the information sales space build, launch, and scale their funnels using Facebook ads, Pinterest ads, YouTube ads, tracking, and more. I can't wait for her to tell you her story and figure out if she's the person who can help you break through. More on that right after this. All right, Leanna, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I'm so excited, A, just to kind of talk about your background as an attorney getting into media buying. I think it's such an amazing story. And also to talk about really how you've gotten to the point where you work with multiple individuals that are pretty high-profile individuals that have had multiple paid traffic people that they've been unsuccessful with. And then you came in, this former attorney that's got this legal way of thinking and creative background that has actually helped them. You've earned their trust so quickly through your work with Facebook ads and your tracking to help them get up to speed. And now you're taking them to other ad platforms. So I'm really excited to chat with you and help the, our listeners really get to know you on a deeper level. But before we dive into that, can you just kind of talk us through the story of where you were before media buying, what got you into it, and, and really the, the things that kind of make you excited about it on a daily basis? Sure. Thanks. And by the way, thank you for having me. Um, yes, I know. It's it's really interesting. I usually tell people, please don't hold it against me that I'm a former attorney. Uh, but I actually practiced litigation and corporate law for about 10 years before I became a full-time entrepreneur. And where I started in digital marketing was actually SEO. And then, and I dabbled a bit in, you know, Google, Google AdWords at that time. And then it actually evolved into organic social media. And I kind of became known as helping B2B businesses with organic social media. And really how that started to move me more towards paid media was just the frustration about getting results. Because I don't know, I'm sure as you've experienced, and maybe as some of our listeners have experienced, when you just only do organic you are spending 24-7 creating content upon content upon content, putting it out there, and it just seems to take forever and a day, right, just to get any type of results. And so when you go to paid advertising, it's almost like magic when you compare there. Yes, or I, feel, I still think organic is important as part of the foundation, but when you can spend... When you get to a point where you can say, okay, I can spend $20 and make $100, then it's just a matter of how much, how fast can we do that and how much can we spend right now? Absolutely. We call, just, we call it pouring fuel on the fire, right? So exactly. yeah, you have, you have to have that great content to be successful, but you have to, the paid allows you to accelerate and scale in a very um, sustainable way. So I'm with you 100%. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that really made, obviously, my clients a lot happier. And as I said, especially the B2B space, in some places, you know, the sales cycle is quite long, but they still, you know, everybody's always impatient to get results. So that was really where the magic happened and um, where I started taking a look at that again because I was just trying to figure out a way, how can we get faster results? And also, if any of you are working in organic social media, you realize that one of the biggest challenges is measurement. Mm -hmm. I know that's something near and dear to your heart too, right, John? Yep. And it is challenging still to measure organic social media results. So yeah, I was looking for something that had that social component, but 
was much more measurable. Then, you know, enter in Facebook ads, Instagram ads, those types of things. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I think that's the big part of what makes you successful is you're a great advertiser. You're very creative. You, you come up with a lot of great angles and ways to help people spread their message. But mm-hmm. I think what's really most impressive to me is the way that you came in and tackled tracking because it allows, mm-hmm. you know, people can come in and say, okay, I know I'm putting X amount of dollars out, but what am I, you know, I can see at the end of the month, my bank account has gone up, which is what I care about. But what's actually leading to that success and how can I make sure that I keep investing in the right places? I think that's a huge component of what makes you so successful. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And it, it's, it's actually very similar to how I would approach cases, right? If I had to go to court for litigation, what you're trying to do is you're not only just preparing your case, you're trying to anticipate what's actually going to happen. So when you're doing any type of advertising, you, what you want to do is you want to try and anticipate, but you also want to make sure that, yes, you're measuring and also that you're learning from any little thing that you're getting. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people miss mm-hmm. because they're putting stuff up they might be measuring a little bit and then it might not work. And then they think, okay, I'm just going to go try something else. Whereas they don't actually look at the data and are able to say, okay, this data is telling me something. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, I had actually spent some time with one of the, I think it was the analytics evangelist from Google at one point. And I'll always remember this. He said to me, Leanna, your data should always tell you what your next steps are. And if it's not, you're not reading it properly or you didn't track it properly. Mm -hmm. And I've just found that to ring true all these years. Absolutely. So I think the big thing here is two things of what make you special. Number one, you can help people who don't have tracking, get it in place. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge one. But the second piece, and this is kind of relates, I love the show Suits. I'm sure you like it too, because you're a former attorney. But Harvey Specter is so good. Whenever something, a curveball gets thrown his way, he can adapt on the fly, right? And I think that's part of what makes you great is you've been successful at understanding if a curveball gets thrown your way in the tracking, You did have this plan, but now you can adapt and help people move this direction based on what you're seeing in the numbers. So I think that's something that makes you very special and unique. Yes. Yes. It seems like magic, but you're really just tracking. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad that people got to know a little bit about you. Um, I love the fact, can you talk, you know, you told me a little bit about your creative side. So you said that you were kind of in the performing arts piece. So can you just talk a little bit about that and how that really has helped you on the advertising sides of things? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I do have this logical side of me, right, which, again, I bring to that table that I'm always thinking, how do I get ROI and, you know, what is the data telling me? But uh, whenever somebody asks me, hey, what's like, what's a little trivia about you? I always tell them, well, you may not know this, but I was a concert pianist for about 13 years. And in that time, too, I actually also studied the harp. And even studied with, uh, you know, one of the principal harpists of the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. So I have a sort of artistic side, if you want to call it. But I really do believe that music in some way just really opens up another part of your brain. And when I pair that together, um, you know, it really helps me to think outside of the box, I think. And it's also fun, right? I think all of us kind of need an outlet. And one of the things that I just love is just spending some time thinking outside of the box. Also, what are the different creatives that you can bring to the table? But I marry it together because I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do is I actually, I, I, I rely a lot on templates and just breaking things down. So I need to systematize it in order to create creativity. So like how Justin Brooke will always say, the eye is always drawn to diagonal lines. So I have actually a set of rules like that that I match with creativity. And that way I'm able to create a lot of really compelling imagery that seems to work so far across all different types of mediums. 
That's awesome. So yes, and I think that's that piece you talk about where you match a little bit of a sandbox with your creativity. So you, it allows you to play, but you're also very effective with it. Can you give our listeners an example of, you know, recently, I know you, you can't mention client names, but how have you taken some of your creativity and helped build winning ad creative? I just want people to kind of understand what your superpowers are. Sure. So actually, I think there's two things that I, I think would be interesting for people. So first of all, with creative, uh, you know, one of the ad campaigns that we were running and it was actually for, it's actually for a branding funnel. Um, you know, we, she, she had actually had a couple of different people try it. And I, that just seems to be, I don't know why it follows me around, but I seem to come in where people say, Oh, I've tried all these different advertisers and I've almost given up and I'm trying you. And now, you know, I see the light. So she actually come in, hadn't seen a lot. And what I noticed was the previous person had had actually spent quite a lot of time doing a lot of those, you know, overly designed, you know, they have a lot of overlays and they looked beautiful. They looked beautiful. So, but it wasn't working. And so what I did was I actually went through and I often tell people to do this is figure out what the avatar is, figure out what the target market is. And one of the things I do is I'll actually go and try and find those people on Facebook and see the type of stuff that they share. As one of the things I like to try and do is make it very natural. I think that your ads actually perform better when they find that balance of they kind of, uh, they, they disappear into the feed, like they don't stand out as an ad, yet they are still an ad, right? Like they have to capture your attention. So I'll look for very natural looking pictures like that. But then again, I will match it up with some of my little rules I have. So I always look for diagonal lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I always try and find imagery where people, there's faces and people are looking at you because the human eye is drawn to other faces, mm-hmm. but yet it can't look like too overly posed stock photo. I'll also look for higher contrasting uh, colors that mm-hmm. complement yet stand out on Facebook. So mm-hmm. then I'll do that. And one of the tricks I actually do is I'll actually go on to like Shutterstock mm-hmm. and I'll do a search and I'll let the search come up on my big screen on my desktop. And then I'll see which images pop out at me that way. Because already it's like I'm kind of in a busy background. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take those. And I often find that just those more natural imagery do tend to beat out the sort of like the overly designed ones. Because mm-hmm. I think they just look like they, they just blend into the feed. Um, so I'll do that. And I'll also, by the way, I will test two different pages. I like to test a page with the person's name. So maybe it's the CEO or something and then the brand name. Mm-hmm. And then with the CEO person, again, what I find is people often, they're not going to admit it, but they might think, oh, maybe this is somebody that I forgot I had friended a while. And then they actually notice what they're posting because most consumers don't notice the little word sponsored when it flows to their feed yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. So I'll do things like that. I'll still, I'll still um, experiment with, I think the sort of like design stuff, but I just find that more and more it's the natural stuff. And then you just start layering other things like videos, another big thing that I started doing. And I just love doing that because you can get really creative with it, but I just use really simple templates and just let your creativity go with the images and the background and stuff. But I just pick a template and then you just run with it. Mm-hmm. And those ads can sometimes also outperform the image ads too. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So I, I want to make take a second there just to kind of talk about one of the things, this is actually something I learned at the very beginning of my time with Justin and Shauna at Ad Skills was how they kind of go through and lightly, we'll call it light Facebook stocking, where we're looking at our customer avatars and we're researching and understanding what do they have on their pages? What are the photos that they take? And so what I love that you just talked about is hiding in plain sight, right? So your, yeah. your ads look very native to their feed, but at the same time, something about it stands out. You've engineered it to stand out inside of their feed. And so I think it's yes. very cool that you've got those things together. 
And the one thing I want to kind of highlight here for you is that you do this amazingly well on Facebook, but now you're looking at stuff on like Pinterest, which is another very crowded wall that you're now using images to stand out. And then also things like on YouTube, I know you're starting to get into that. Now you can construct videos that once again, look somewhat native, but also stand out. So I think this is the piece that makes you so special is you do your research, you understand customers, you're putting together a great creative, and you're able to track what's working. That to me is kind of the art and the science of what you're doing that can marry things together. It's where the musician and the lawyer come together in your brain. I think that's something that just makes you very special. So I'm glad that you shared those things. Thank you so much. Sure. You're welcome. Um, Oh, just, just to close the loop there for that campaign, for the branding. um, What I think might, might be interesting to people just to know is we ended up with actually pictures of desks because we found that her audience was women and they were just really into that. So I just found a pretty picture of Jess and it had sort of these Chinese lanterns on it. And yeah, her CPA went down to like a dollar per opt-in for a business audience, which is crazy, right? That's amazing. I love that. That's incredible that you found and engineered your way to the point where you find something really abstract that works. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Thank you very much for sharing that. Sure. So before we get to kind of the bragworthy campaigns and really what you're working towards, can you just take a second here and talk about how ad skills has helped you reach this level of success? Oh, definitely. I'd love to. So what I love about ad skills is it's actually a community that isn't made up of a lot of people repeating uh, articles and stuff that they read online because that's the problem I find right now. There's just too much information. There's an overabundance of information out there and you have to kind of sift through, you know, what's real and what's fake news. And the great thing about ad skills is it's really a curated community. And I know it's people like myself who have joined it and also people that you and Justin have personally invited into the community. So first of all, you're never going to stay on top of every single little change and don't even try, right? In, in just in marketing in general, it's a great community where you, you're finding out from other people and other experts what's working now. Uh, You're getting heads up of different changes coming through. You know, one of the big values to me is watching people ask questions because sometimes, especially in this field, you don't know what you don't know. And you may think you're doing really well and somebody will post, maybe they're having a problem with something like a weird error happens or they just have a unique situation. And then you realize, huh, wow, I didn't realize that. And it's actually happening to me too, or maybe that's a question I never even thought to ask. Mm-hmm. Then I learned something new that I can apply, you know, to some of the campaigns. Uh, so that's what I love about it. And then thirdly, it's really valuable to me too, because out of, I've, I've been around to a couple of different masterminds and I'm, I'm very purposeful about which ones I join. And I can tell you that the ad skills community has generated more profit for me than any other mastermind that I've ever joined. And the reason is that there's just been some amazing collaboration in there. I've gotten leads, I've gotten clients, I've gotten friends from it. Uh, Hands down, it's generated the most profit for me than any other mastermind. Well, that's awesome. We're really glad to hear that. Thank you so much for sharing. And just for people that are getting into media buying, this is something that's important to us is to really understand that we're a family, right? That's at the end of the day is... I know it's easy for people to say that, but I love whenever we, like you said, we invite some people in and it's so cool when we have an expert. I just added a couple more today. The native field uh, guy had spent a hundred million dollars on YouTube. It's just incredible to hear them come in and say, Hey, this is a really cool community that you've built. And so thank you for being a part of it. We're really excited that you're a part of it and that we're able to produce results for you. So thank you again. 
My pleasure. Cool. So let's get to the good stuff. Let's talk about some of your bragworthy campaigns. And I just want, you know, I want to talk a little bit here. Um, you know, Facebook is a, is a topic that a lot of people know, but something about in paid ads. I love when I walk into a building and everyone's like, oh yeah, I bought Facebook ads before. And I don't think people have ever done it at your level. You're working with some really big names, doing some really big launches. But I also want you to talk a little bit about how you've earned their trust and now they're looking at other ad networks because you have that currency of trust which is the most important thing in media buying. So I'll be quiet and let you talk. Okay. I love how you want to start off with trust because I think a lot of other people want to jump to sort of the sexy part of it. What are the results and, you know, what creatives did you use, that type of thing. And I agree with you. It really does start with building rapport and trust with your clients. And I'm definitely used to that, obviously having a background of being an attorney and having clients listen to me and things like that. But I really come at it from an ROI perspective. So the first thing I'll do is I'm going to be asking some hard questions from people is I'm not the person who comes in and says, oh, everybody's using Insta story ads. We should just do that too because everybody else is. I really want to find out what's the avatar, what's working, and let's, let's do what works and possibly set aside a little bit of the budget to experiment. And so let's get you some results first. So I'll take them through different phases. Let's get some results. Then let's start to scale it up. Then they're really happy. And I think that's why what happens is I come in after all these other people have come through and it's just because of that approach, I'll get more results. They're ecstatic at that point. And uh, one of my clients calls me, uh, he calls me a drug dealer, like a marketing drug dealer because it's like crack cocaine. He's like, what I do? Then he gets addicted and then he wants more. Then I tell him what's going to cost you more. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to do more. And so that's when you can start to introduce other networks uh, because you've now proven that you can get results. Mm -hmm. You've proven you can scale. um, And you really position yourself more as a partner. That's, I really like to see myself as that. That's why I really enjoy being an entrepreneur much more than being a lawyer because let's face it, nobody wants to hang out and have a lawyer for the rest of their life, right? But if there's somebody who's consistently bringing in sales for them (laughs) and a profit, they're not going to let you go. So I really do try and position myself as the expert and as a partner uh, in the business. And in some cases, I mean, I've created, I've really uh, developed some very close uh, friendship, almost feels like family with some of uh, my clients because we're so involved in the business together, collaborating, ba- brainstorming. Um, and then once, once you get their trust, you can, they'll listen to you and you can show them how these other networks can help them scale up even more. Uh, one of the things that does help, especially if anybody is mainly focused in Facebook, is because of the random, let's say eccentric nature of Facebook, that can often frustrate people. So you can also help them and say, look, let's try Google. Let's do this. Let's do this over here. It's more consistent over here. You don't have to play this Facebook roller coaster. Uh, so oftentimes, I'll also be able to use that as a way to help them be more open to looking at other networks simply because it's just uh, too emotionally draining for them mm-hmm. to keep going on the Facebook roller coaster. Absolutely. And I think that's a really important thing of, you know, a lot of people right now are dealing with that roller coaster. They're dealing with um, this transition to CBO, which is the biggest thing in the world. And it's funny because now Facebook's just becoming like every other ad network where budgets controlled at the campaign level. And, you know, dealing with having to refresh creatives all the time and um, the algorithm changes and business manager, page bans, all kinds of things. So at the end of the day, as you help people with these launches, how do you help them build something that's sustainable so that they're not dependent on that algorithm? I think that's kind of the piece that makes 
what you do very unique. And the mm-hmm. reason you've gotten such big names to be, you know, endorse you. I think that's, what's really cool is you have some incredible names who've endorsed you. And, and, and what, what is it like been the piece of how you build your foundation outside of your research, your planning and your tracking? What are the things that you do that kind of allow for that evergreen results to come in? Sure. So what I do, and it may not sound, like I said, sometimes I think what I talk about is the magic of the mundane. It, it may not sound very sexy, but you know what? It works. And I have something that I sort of coined my magic sequence, but all it is is I see paid advertising as amplifying the customer journey. And if you take a look at any training out there that talks about customer journey, what do they talk about? They talk about, some people say it's like dating. Some people say it's like making friends. You're warming people up and you're getting them to know, like, and trust you so you can put offers in front of them. Mm -hmm. So I never understood why paid advertising wouldn't work that way either. I never understood why the whole world talks about that in terms of your organic marketing. Why do so many people in paid ads, at least from my, the spaces that I am where it's more like information marketing, you're selling higher end products. Uh, why do they want to just start and jump the queue there? And then they're shocked that it doesn't work. So what I do is my go-to is I actually work to build up a warm audience and I also make sure that the messaging that we're putting in front of them pre-frames them properly for the sale. So again, going back to sales basics, going back to marketing basics, right? Mm-hmm. Putting videos, putting blog posts, putting um, issues and problems in front of the uh, cold audience mm-hmm. that will pre-frame them so that they will be problem aware and then somewhat brand aware when you put offers in front of them. Mm-hmm. So one of the people that I am just completely honored to be working with is John Benson. And that's one of the things I did when I came in. And it was pretty intimidating because I know he had some other really big people who also worked with him as well. But I got in there um, and that's the first thing I did was I got results from him because we were I'd created this warm audience. And then I targeted it. At first, they were all, him and his team were very going, I don't understand. What are you doing here, right? I said, trust me. Like, let's just try this out here. And that's what worked. And I, I just, across different industries, like I've worked in um, dating, weight loss, sales, branding, information, marketing, all that kind of stuff. I find that nine times out of 10, that works. There's only one, there's only one client where it doesn't, it doesn't work in a really big way. And that's because her message is so like, she is so connected to her audience. It's incredible. She services teachers. And what I find is that she's so connected with her audience. She tells me what are the buzzwords? What are the images that work? And for her alone, I can put her stuff in front of cold audiences and I'll sell like hotcakes okay. because her, her offer is just so good. But everybody else, I just find that following that, just just mirroring the customer journey mm-hmm. is something that works regardless of what happens to the algorithm. I mean, of course, I'm testing cold audiences as well, but they never perform as well and they never buy as well mm-hmm. as that warmer audience if you pre-frame them properly, though. Like, so you do need to kind of think through what's what they're being exposed to. Totally. So as you said, John Benson's a huge advocate of yours, a, a great name to have as someone who backs you up. Um, and, and for, so as people are looking in the information space of saying, okay, I really like Leanna. She's got, understands tracking. She understands creatives, talks about the customer journey. Those things are very important. How can she help me continue to grow my business? Let's say they already have somewhat of a warm audience. How do you help people attract more cold audience clients 
and really build them into that warm audience. I think that's the big piece here is the different ways you're helping kind of get them. I call it the sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. How are you helping grow those? I can see you have a big grin. So you have a very big, you have a great answer to this. I just want to make sure this yeah. is that people understand this is what you're really good at. Yeah, it's, well, this is almost the most fun part of it for me as well, because once you, once you know what you want to expose them to, then there's a lot of different really creative ways you can get them in. Uh, first of all, obviously having some type of organic presence. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I know, you know, paid ads is, it's great. It gets you results really quickly. But I have found in general that if somebody is completely cold on organic, like they're doing nothing, that it really does affect, it, it just makes the paid ads more expensive. It's just harder to work. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a couple ways I do that. So number one, I'll do video. So we'll just do video views. We'll have like a series of videos and you can do some kind of like crazy retargeting if you want to like video one and then 25 people who watch 25% of that, they can start with the next video. And then like you're doing a whole bunch of exclusions to basically take people through almost a video funnel with ads and then, and then you match them up with an offer. Um, other ways that I really like to do too is I actually like to put blog posts in front of a cold audience mm-hmm. and, and build that up. I also like to have them take blog posts and test out like webinar titles, like any of the offers they want to do. I'll say write a blog post about it. Mm-hmm. Let's test it out. Mm-hmm. And now you know what's actually going to work there. And another thing I really love to do, which is kind of sneaky, is I like to use software like uh, Birdsong or Snipply. So what it does is it puts an overlay on top of any link. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you can actually embed your pixel in there. Mm -hmm. And some of them even have it so that you can put your your call to action there and actually get emails. Mm -hmm. So I will go search for popular articles in the space that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I'll put those, I'll make those as content ads in Facebook. So they're okay. super cheap. Mm-hmm. People click through like crazy. You get a ton of engagement mm-hmm. and I'm pixeling them as well with somebody else's article who already did all the work for me. Yeah. And I've gotten some really, like we did one campaign where I did that and we actually sold a, an online conference um, that was between like a hundred and $200 based on when you bought it. Mm-hmm. And we made like multiple six figures and for, it's because I had built up this huge audience of people who had clicked through uh, very specific articles that we had put through. And again, we didn't write any of them. We just put the overlay on it, pixeled them, and retargeted that audience. And, you know, I was getting, I was check, checking the data before we got on. It was a $10.91 CPA per purchase. Wow. For a hundred to $200 sale. That is incredible. Yeah. Crazy, right? But that's, all that other work we did ahead of time just helped. And like the click throughs on the content because it's just content mm-hmm. and I just make it sound very natural. Uh, mm-hmm. Something like, Hey, great information bookmark this here. So it just, it, it again, it, it's like you said, it hides in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Those were getting, you know, you'll get maybe what, like five cents, six cent click throughs. I'll even take 15 cent ones uh, because they're, they're obviously showing interest in something that's related to what you are going to offer them. That's incredible. Well, I love the, the, once again, it goes back to creativity of what makes you great is you think outside the box. The other thing we were talking about on YouTube, um, I know you said that's a, a channel that you're starting to get into. And one of the things that we kind of discussed was you've talked about people have this big presence on Facebook. A lot of people now want to get over to YouTube. And so utilizing what we're called ad sequences, it's a newer ad, plat, uh, ad net, um, format on YouTube where you can string together videos just like you can on Facebook. And now you can get these subscriptions over on YouTube. So once again, building that audience, moving it channels, those are the things that you're doing 
that I think a lot of people just aren't thinking that way yet. And right. so I think that's that piece. If anyone here is in the information sales space, you're looking for a provider. Leanna is incredible at this. She knows her numbers. She understands tracking. She understands sales. And most importantly, she understands people. I think that at the end of the day, that's the piece that's really important for us is making sure that you're working with someone who understands people. You don't view them as clicks. You view them as people. You don't view them as conversions. You, you know, view them as opportunities to continue to help them progress in, in the world. So thank you again so much for being on. I'm really glad that you were here. Before we go, how can people get in touch with you? Because I know there's going to be a lot of people that are excited to learn from you and, and potentially hire you to be, you know, to help them with their, their funnels and their traffic. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Sure. So you can visit my website, which is powerupstrategy.com. And you can also email me at liana at powerupstrategy.com. That goes directly to me, not through any AI or VA or anything like that. And my name is L-I-A-N-A. So just one N in the middle at powerupstrategy.com. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to have the links down below in both YouTube and all of the podcast stuff that we're putting out. So thank you again for the time. It was awesome having you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Great. Talk soon. Thanks. If you found this tutorial helpful, make sure you click on the subscribe button on the screen right now. Also, if you'd like to join the Daily Edge and get the daily dose of what's working in paid traffic and tracking, you can text Daily Edge to 44222.